Hey everyone, it's Jackie from Canada from a series of horrors podcast. Are you looking for a way to support our show or have a product or brand you're looking to promote? Contact us at seriesofhorrors at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at seriesofhorrorspodcast and you can hear your ad here. Hello, and welcome to A Series of Horrors podcast. I'm Jackie from Canada. And I am Jeff from America. And today we are continuing on the Paranormal Activity Road with Paranormal Activity 3. Yeah. 3. Which I've mentioned several times is my favorite of the ones I have seen. I have not seen any past this point, but I really like this one. I have to say, spoiler warning, I enjoyed this one the best out of the three, because I've only seen these three. I haven't seen Yay! the rest either. I have enjoyed, I did enjoy this one the best. But I think they leaned on the, the creepy little kid trope. So the, it kind of worked. Creepy kid trope, for me. I guess. But I don't know. There Like things happened in this one, you know? And, and it wasn't that. just the last five minutes that things happened. In fact, the last five minutes, the least things happened, in my opinion. Like it's... No, things happen. And like the crazy thing is, it's not even big things. Like I've been saying the first two movies, like, what would you fix? It makes things happen. Mm-hmm. Not, they don't have to major things. There's just something. Mm-hmm. And this one, something happens. It's not, I don't have 10 nights of a pool vacuum. Yes. Uh, and a teddy bear in the background who will get their own sequel one day. Oh, no, that's it. There was a teddy rubskin in this movie that they must have got a yard sale that they just made sure to put him in every scene. Like, all right, put him in this scene. Put him in here. He's 80s. He's really 80s. We know this is an 80s thing. We got this one in a yard sale or a Goodwill or something. We're going to make sure you see that we got this thing. Oh, yeah. Boom. They had a whole bunch of CRT TVs. And big video cameras and old 80s furniture. Yeah, in case you missed it, this movie takes place in 1988. And boy, it looks like 1988. But it looks like, it's like a good version of 1988 because usually when you see something set in the 80s that was made uh, way after, mm-hmm. obviously, they go over the top with the 80s-ness of it. This looks like somebody's house in the 80s. Yeah, so uh, the directors, one of the directors, he's Ari Shulman, Neve Shulman's brother who is of Catfish fame. So he was the director of Catfish, the documentary. Yeah, and so he's the director of this film and he said that he found that too that like a lot of films when they try to like go back time period they just paint all over it with that time period to the point that it doesn't feel realistic because nobody lives like that (laughs) like so they scouted houses but were like time capsules of the 80s that like people just hadn't really like changed the furniture, changed the decor and that sort of thing. And it was just a little tiny time capsule. So he found this place. He was like, perfect. They barely did any set dressing to it because he didn't want to add too much to it. And I think they did a great job. Yeah, it looked like it because I'm I'm sitting there scouting. I'm like going through the as I'm watching the movie, I'm looking at all the background to see if I see any flat screens or whatever, just something out of place. At this one part, I want to call her Katie, but it's, it's not Katie. Katie's mom, Julie. Lori, Julie. Wow. All right, Julie is using a phone. Like, hey, I had that phone as a kid. It was like the cordless yeah. phone. I, I, I had that phone. I'm like, I had, I had that phone. We used, I remember using that phone. She didn't hang it up right. She, she didn't press the button, but it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> I didn't. I love that you like nitpick. You're like, yeah, no, (laughs) you hang up the phone this way. Like that's not you don't just put it on the counter no you had to hit the off button or the hang i thought she did and then she collapsed the antenna 
I just thought, well, maybe she did. I just saw her like stop talking, collapse the antenna, and then put it on the counter. Oh, okay. Maybe she did hit dog. Yeah, you, if you used it every day, you would you would do that. And then every place that had a phone, it was like the big grandma cor- phone with a cord. It was it was very. I liked it. It was very much of its time. Besides, the little girl's bedroom in the hallway, which we'll get to at that point. But yeah, on that. Oh, and by the way. Um, the symbol that they use, isn't that like some Harry Potter symbol? It, it does look like the Deathly Hallows, but it's not. I didn't actually write down that fun fact, but it is an actual symbol from like Solomon or something. I didn't, I'm not a religious type, so it didn't really mean much to me when I read it. Apparently it's a real symbol. Okay. Cause I'm like, Hey, I have friends of mine that have that tattooed on them and they are all Harry Potter fans. So that must be a Harry Potter symbol. <laughs> it looked a lot like the Deathly Hallows, but it was not the Deathly Hallows. Okay. Like I said, I've never seen the Harry Potter movies or um, or read the books or anything that's like a big, it's a big hole in my pop culture knowledge. Yeah, you were is, you were too old when they were coming out. Like, that's how I like really got into reading was reading Harry Potter books because that was of my generation. So if we get popular enough, actually, I'm not going to promise that. So forget it. What, you would start watching the Harry Potter movies? Hey, we could do that. We could do the Harry Potter nine movie cast. But no, we need to stick to horror i mean it there are some scary quote-unquote scenes <laughs> no, like, no we don't have to stick to horror but oh. i need it. i need some very hardcore incentives for me to go the down this uh, nine movie harry potter hole if, <laughs> okay. if we do friends that. let us know if we should start a patreon where we make jeff watch harry potter. <laughs> <laughs> if you would pay for that content we will make it happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would need I would need I need greenbacks, <laughs> greenbacks, or funny money that like they do in Canada it has all different colors. Um, Our monopoly you know, money that smells like maple syrup. It smells like maple syrup. That's oh, the man, rumor, but like it doesn't. It's made out of plastic, and I don't know. It, it like has a weird sweet scent to it. Like I don't know why, but people say that it smells like maple syrup, and like it does not. Man, I almost got really happy. And the queen is on your money. The so queen works. is on our money. Yes. As well as several prime ministers. <laughs> so see, you know, we could, we could figure this out. We could, if we get greenbacks or funny money, we will figure it out. <laughs> Maybe. Just need enough of it. The fans send us actual monopoly money. <laughs> We're like, no, we meant Canadian dollars. We meant Canadian dollars. So he's got to send a lot of them because I don't know what the transfer rate is or whatever. We'll figure it out because we're, we're apparently very popular in, in Canada. So <laughs> I don't know what's ha- Hello, I guess. Um, <laughs> hello, fellow Canadians. <laughs> Tim Hortons is great, I guess. I don't know there you go. Oh, you're, no. you're playing the right <laughs> cards. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Hockey's wonderful. I've never <laughs> seen a game, but still it's wonderful. I You've so never seen a game of hockey? Never seen a game. Oh, man. Okay. And when I was in high school, like the teams that, that everybody was a fan of, where I'm from, uh-huh. won Stanley Cup. Because like the Rangers won one year, the Devils won another year <laughs> when I was in high school. And it was a big deal, apparently. Yeah. And Meanwhile, our team's freaking suck <laughs> like, <laughs> the Leafs haven't won since 60 I want to say 4 or 7 I can't remember which one it is but in the 60s and I live in Florida and I think Tampa either played won either played or won the Stanley Cup recently I think maybe I don't keep up with hockey to be completely honest the only sport that I vaguely enjoy watching actually no there's a couple but I will watch basketball if it's on I will actively watch soccer when it's FIFA and and then I love gymnastics because I was a gymnast at one point in my life. But that's about all I'll watch. Go baseball. I like baseball. So. Oh, I will go to baseball games. I will not watch it on TV. 
oh, I will watch it on TV. I'll watch I'll watch a team I don't even like that much play baseball. Like it's just I just like baseball. <laughs> baseball is like very long and boring to me, but like if you're in the stadium and drinking, then it's fun. <laughs> Hey, that's what I hear about hockey. That's why I want to go to hockey. But the, I, hear I don't know if it's just the Leafs tickets, but the tickets are insanely expensive for hockey versus any other sport. There was a day that I wanted to go to a hockey game here because it was, it was like a makeup game. So it was like at 10 in the morning. Because mm-hmm. because here in Orlando, we have like, it's like a minor league hockey team, the Solar Bears. Which I don't know what doing. Name's amazing. Okay. Yeah, the, the Orlando, the Solar Bears. Yes, they play here. Um, they are. It's cool. It's like it's it, the mascot's like a polar bear that's like sunbathing and sunglasses. It's like oh, that so much. Okay. Their makeup game was around like at ten in the morning or something, or, or like eleven. I'm like, oh man, I want to go to this game because then we can go like watch this game, be out by like one, and it's a Sunday. Then we can just go to brunch. So I'll get drunk at our game, then have brunch, and then just day drink the rest of the day. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> but I couldn't convince anybody to go. I'm sad. Yes. I wish I knew you back then, Jackie. I'd have said, Jackie, guess what we're doing? <laughs> we're gonna, Getting drunk and watching hockey. Excellent. We're going to do brunch and a hockey game in the same morning. Don't ask me how. <laughs> but this was, this is what's happening. I, I love brunch. I'm mad about hockey, but hey, drunk? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's better when you're drunk, so it'll work. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, man. I was, I, was, I was thinking about it. Anyways. Yes, they won it in 2020. The uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley <laughs> Cup, and in 2004, the year I moved to Florida. So there Look we go. So, <laughs> so yeah, the so year you moved there and the year you stayed home, they won. <laughs> yeah, they won the Stanley Cup. So see, look. And still, never been to a game, and apparently, I've been around hockey victories. So I'm, I'm a good look charm for hockey fans. Is what I'm so say. what you're saying is that you need to move to Toronto so that we have a win yes. in the in the century. Yes, that's what I'll do. I'll move to Toronto and then and be cast in a movie probably, or or be on Supergirl. I don't know. One of these shows, The Flash, maybe. You have to be in Vancouver. <laughs> that's across the country, my friend. Did they film? I thought. I don't know. Oh, then I'll be in the next Saw movie. They film all those in Canada. Yeah. That, in Toronto. Yeah. I don't know. I, I Maybe Supergirl's Toronto. I'm pretty sure it's Vancouver, though. A lot of filming happens no in Vancouver nowadays. No! That's as far away. Yeah. Further away. But I love Vancouver. Vancouver's gorgeous. One day I'll have to visit the Great White North. <laughs> hey, if we have enough fans out there that have paid my way, I'm to go to the... First, send Jackie and Jeff to see um, the Saw Escape Room I mean, in Vegas. That's in Vegas. That's not the Great White North. <laughs> It isn't, but that was that's our first goal. Sure, that's our first right. goal is to saw escape room. And our second goal could be um the Great White North or make Jeff watch Harry Potter movies, which we, we could drop that down the list a little bit. <laughs> no, there's no rush. There's no rush on that one. Uh yeah. I mean, when it comes to the Harry Potter movies too, the first two are good and the last two are great. Everything in between is a solid met to this is actually terrible. All right. All right, so when I say I've never seen the Harry Potter movies, that's not a hundred percent true because I've seen the last two. Granted, I don't know, I don't know what the hell was going on, but I saw you missed all the build up to that, and like a lot of me saying that it's great is 
that I've reread Deathly Hallows the most out of the series. It's um, my favorite of the books. And yeah, the movies were really well done. And then also it plays on the emotion of everything ending. There's even like a scene where they're running through the Battle of Hogwarts and they encounter every single villain that they have encountered like book by book, but like easily are able to defeat it now. Whereas like before it was the struggle to learn how to defeat this thing, but just like showing their growth, it, it moves me every time I watch it. And I'm sitting there like, huh, interesting. So they're fighting. Yeah. Don't know. Right. I don't know what that thing that is. Kind of looks a little weird. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Like, hey, is that a big spider? All right. All right. Why are they leaving school? What's up? What is with all this camping? Fuck. Exactly. What? What is? What is this weird small town with the snow? I'm confused. What's going on here? Why, why does no one like want to help them? Aren't, aren't this guy the main character? Why are they breaking into a bank? Is this Ocean's Eleven? Like, I'm just like the whole movie. Just no oh no but you know what we should probably get back to the movie we watched today for the podcast i even get back to it start yeah start. We, ha- we haven't even started yet and we're 15 minutes in cool cool yeah um i have one other fun fact note about how they dealt with this being 80s so you'll notice that the camera that you see that they're using throughout is like a very large 80s type camera. But inside that camera is a high definition camera. Yeah, because yeah, I wasn't going to nitpick the fact of it doesn't look like Ghost Film on VHS. Like, all right, I'm a, I was going to give them a pass on that. One. Yeah, so they like rigged it up. So they have this high definition camera hidden inside of this old camera. And then for the first like few weeks, I think it was the first six weeks of filming, they did not have a viewfinder, so they couldn't see what they were filming. <laughs> yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah, because you had to use that little teeny tiny viewfinder back then. Yeah, but because they had rigged it up in such a way, like, they couldn't even use that viewfinder. It no. didn't work. So they had no idea what they were shooting until they, like, rigged up another setup that, like, broadcasted it to, like, another small viewfinder offset. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, fun facts. That makes sense. It did look very 80s. And let, let's jump into the film itself. Yes. Because the film starts in 2005. It opens with Daniel, the dad from Paranormal Activity 2. He's filming Hunter's nursery as it's being painted and prepped for Hunter's birth. We see a pregnant Christy and she's painting the nursery. And then we get a Chiron across the screen that says Carlsbad, California, March 2005. Katie comes over to check out the nursery. And <laughs> is it just me? Or <laughs> is Christy's pregnancy belt? way too high up on her body you know like a regular person that is not pregnant there's like a a pouch that you get like of fat that's above your pubic bone so that's where the pregnancy belly was sitting but because in pregnancy it's your womb that is growing that bump actually extends to your pubic bone area and it it just didn't (laughs) it was like sitting on top of that but like really high on top of that and i'm like huh this is a very bad fake belly situation (laughs) But anyways, back to the movie. Katie's asking if she can store some items in their basement as she's getting ready to move in with Mika. And then I wrote, because all she gets is her tiny little side of the bed and her beating corner at Mika's house. She doesn't get any other storage space. I do love the return of the beating because, hey, it's my birthday. I got all this new beating yeah. stuff. Like, oh, even as a little kid with the beating? All right. Fine. I noted Just- it. I'm like, so she's a lifelong beater. Cool. <laughs> They they have stuck to this little thing, this little thing about her. They have not let it go. Didn't I say in Paranormal Activity 1 that like her only characteristic is that she beads? <laughs> Apparently. She she gets possessed and she beads and that's it. That's literally it. And she's a jerk, but she was a jerk as a kid. So. 
<laughs> Jeff really hates baby Katie. But <laughs> I, I do. She's a jerk. Uh, Katie right now is saying that she's super excited to be moving in with Mika. And I wrote, if only she knew. <laughs> And then Katie's going through the box that Katie brings. It's a whole bunch of old VHS tapes. And she asks Daniel if they have a VCR to play them. So should we explain what VHSs and VCRs are to the kids? Yes, yes, millennials and Gen Z, gather around. Gather around. This is how we used to watch films and record them. And then you would need a VCR to play your VHS. Or if you ever saw Back to the Future, you could play it off the video camera. That's true. You could do that, too. But anyways, they say they don't have a VCR, but they could get one easily. And then Katie's explaining that she ended up with all the stuff when Grandma Lois died and she's never gone through it. Christy's going through the tapes and they have titles such as Girls Room 9-28-88, Katie's Birthday, September 1988, Katie 92, Katie 93, Katie 94. <laughs> so uh, Christy wasn't loved is what, is what I'm hearing now. Yep. <laughs> like, it's just all Katie. Poor Christy. <laughs> poor, poor Christy. Or Miller Child, but she's not. She's the baby, gets all the love. But no. Right? But instead, it's just all about Katie. And I love that it's all about Katie after the events of this movie. Like, for years. I don't know. I'm confused. Because the first movie, you think Christy's getting possessed. You know, she's going to get possessed because of... Christy or Katie in the first movie? Katie. Katie. I don't know. Then Teresa in the first movie. <laughs> the last one to find out. Um, <laughs> these names are too similar. <laughs> They're annoying. <laughs> Katie in the first one. Um, you think it's about her, but apparently it's always about Christy mm-hmm. because Christy's the actual person that wanted to get possessed, but they do some weird hoodoo trickery thing to throw it to, to Katie. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, we see that really it was Christy that wanted to be the demon's wife <laughs> or whatever. But um, somehow it's Christy that Katie that gets it all. Gets uh, all the attention like, from the grandma. Yeah, I, I agree. That's why I wrote it down because I was just like, huh. Why is it all Katie? But maybe she like got the box, even though she said she never went through it. She did. And she was just like, ugh, Christy, ugh, Christy. Christy." (laughs) She she put all the Christy tapes in a fire and just made sure to give all the Katie ones. Look, it's all here, Katie. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Now I'll just like leave this in your house so you can know how loved I was and I'll pretend that you weren't. (laughs) Yes. In your infinite basement. Come on. It'll just. (laughs) And then Jareth will come and watch these. (laughs) Exactly. The Goblin King. He'll be here. This is a little crystal glass ball trick thing. It's it's very cool. That scene is really cool, and I love how they actually filmed it. Yes, it is very cool how they filmed it, because I thought there was no CGI back Mm -hmm. then. That guy actually had to do that. Yeah. Granted, it wasn't David Bowie, but still. As a child, I was convinced it was, but... I'm sure if he wanted to, he could have. Just, you know, <laughs> I mean, he's too busy being Ziggy Stardust. He was that magical of a being. Yes. Yes, that he was. <laughs> okay. So Christy says that she doesn't remember any of these tapes at all. And then we cut to the break in video, August 2006. And they go through the basement. And during this clip, even though it wasn't in the second movie, Daniel says that there is something missing from the basement. It's the box of tapes that Katie brought. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And then they're missing, so then why, how are we watching them? Yeah, so then cut to the tapes. <laughs> Tape time! Tape time! First movie was the cops had the tapes, mm-hmm. so they compiled. The second one was like, hey, there was security video, so maybe the cops did that too. This well, one, the second one said the families allowed them to have this footage. Ah, okay, that's the second one. The third one, we're in the demon's living room. Yeah, <laughs> the demon's living room, or like her coven came in and robbed the place, and they're the ones making this video. Hey, maybe the, the, the way that these things are going, we're going to see it in part four. We're going to see a whole bunch of Katie's beads and then this. 
Uh, all right. Well, we cut to the tapes. And we're in Santa Rosa, California. It's September 3rd, 1988. And it is Katie's birthday. The first tape in the box. Yeah. So we are introduced to Katie's mom. Her name is Julie, and she's bringing out the cake. Everyone's gathered around and socializing, except for Christy, who's sitting underneath the trampoline, and she's animatedly talking to herself, it seems. The mom then brings Christy over, and Christy is very, like, painfully shy. We cut to a clip of the grandma, and she's wishing Katie a happy birthday, saying that she loves her so much. She then takes over the camera, and she films Dennis, who is the boyfriend of Julie, the girl's mom. Now, is it just me, or does Dennis look reminiscent to Mika, but more white slash Jewish? <laughs> I kept on thinking he looked like that that weird white rapper dude, um, Little Dicky. Oh my gosh, Little Dicky. Oh, I haven't heard that name in a while. I fucking love him. <laughs> Like, I'm watching this movie, I'm like, it's a little dicky. Six pack on my dick. <laughs> yeah, so, so, that's, so that's who I saw the entire movie. It was just like him. There we go with that. <laughs> just, I mean, he had little dicky's hair, but his face was different. <laughs> just the right amount of scruffy and the hair. For me, and I was like, all right, close enough. He was little dicky with Mika's face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He was like Mika's cousin or something. Or no, wait, no, it couldn't have been his cousin. His like uncle. I I was just like, ah, I see. Katie like was super into her stepdad growing up. Apparently. Oh, there's that. <laughs> and this guy Dennis wasn't a jerk. No, he was actually very sweet. I found that he and Randy were really sweet with the kids. He goes into this trying to help the girls. I think, mm-hmm. which is what's his back broke. I guess. We'll get there. Uh, right now, he's, uh, you know, having a little speech to Katie on the film and saying that he's only been part of the family for a few months, but he loves Katie so much, etc. Not Christy, but Katie. Yeah. You know, no one really cares about Christy. Oh. Or Christy. <laughs> Except for Toby. <laughs> Toby cares about Christy a little bit too much. And Daniel. Yes. He did. He cares. I would hope. You would hope. All right. We then get this cute little like loose tooth scene. And that was a real scene. The actress that plays Christy came to set that day and was like, I have a loose tooth. And they're like, let's let's roll with this. <laughs> and that's why uh, Julie says to her like, OK, and now you're going to take this home and put it under your pillow for the tooth fairy. Because I was like, our home. What do you mean take it home? Uh, we then in the scene get our first mention of Toby. Uh, Christy is saying like they're setting a place for him or something like that. And Katie says that he isn't real. And Katie says, yes, he is and my initial thought was did they name it toby like the little boy that lives inside danny's mouth like it wouldn't surprise me that's what i thought and then i looked it up and apparently no it was like their director of photography or something like that his dog's name was toby and then someone else's on the crew's dog was also named toby and they're like cool demon's gonna be toby Really? That was it? That was it. Hmm. And like, lie. Just lie to us at this point and pretend that it was a horror (laughs) reference because we'll appreciate it more. (laughs) But oh well. We then cut to picture day and they take the picture from Paranormal Activity 1 and 2 where Katie's wearing like a backpack and and the dress on the driveway. Then we cut to footage of Dennis doing work on his wedding videos and like he's doing close-ups of a bunch of different photos. But then he hears there's like doors banging and stuff. So then he brings his camera with him to go around and investigate. At this point, why? Well, at, at this point, these cameras are too big to just be carrying around old willy nilly like this and expensive in 1988. Mm-hmm. We could talk about a couple thousand dollars here, maybe, or a couple hundred bucks at least. Yeah. And he's like calling out for Julie the whole time. He assumes it's Julie who's home. So it's like, why would you go and like greet your partner with a camera? Like, especially when you had it set up doing work. It's like, why are you going to mess up that setup and bring it around the house to like go greet your partner and be like, hi. 
Well, it is what Miku would do. So, <laughs> yeah. So clearly, this is where Katie got all her influence from. <laughs> was like, mm, yes, yeah, he would, that is what he would do to start a. <laughs> I oh, I had a note that I love this house at this point. <laughs> Like, it's a really cool house, and it's very 80s, and I love the 80s-ness of this house. Yes. Like, even that, everything, like, it was so well done, like, because I'm there trying to find mistakes, mm-hmm. and couldn't find really any. Yeah. Besides, you know, when we were taking pictures of Cameron and had film in it, stuff like that, but other than that, great. It was very well done. The set design here was was really good, but if they just happen to stumble across an old lady's house that just hasn't decorated it since 1986, then, you know. But anyways, he continues to hear wrestling from the loft area where the kids have their shared bedroom that Jeff has a lot of problems with. <laughs> I do! Why have the kids in a hallway or in a loft? Like, they have to probably pass their bedroom to go to the master or something because it's just... So we don't see any additional bedrooms other than the master in the house. So, like, it makes sense that, like, it's a large space. Put the girls there. It's attached to a bathroom. It's a pretty logical place to put the kids while they're young and they don't need, like, as much privacy and that sort of thing. I guess, but mm, I don't know. Something about having the kids in a hallway kind of throws me off. Uh, I mean, it's not a hallway. It's a loft space. (laughs) My bedroom's in a loft space. It doesn't sure, overlook the rest it. of the house, but like, and it's close to the kind of does. There's kind of overlooks of a house. Like, there's no door and even in the bottom, so it's just a wide open floor plan. So they're way ahead of their time with this wide open floor plan. <laughs> and um, once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. That's fair. My argument for Jeff was that as a kid their age, I would have loved that place and been like, yeah, I want this to be my bedroom. This this is awesome. I can, like, when you guys are watching movies at night, I can, like, sneak and, like, just, like, sit on these stairs and watch the movie, too, because that's what I used to do as a child. I would, like, sneak down from my bedroom because it was the one right above the stairs and then, like, watch through the banister whatever they're watching here i've been like all right i could use this in my play area which they also do but have my bedroom over here which is what i which is what jeff's life was like as a child you know just had a little like play living room area thing but like my room was for sleeping not playing which is weird but whatever hey same i mean we had a playroom in the basement so that there was no way that we were playing with our toys late at night and that's why i would sneak down and watch tv instead And that looked like a big enough house where it probably would have had multiple bedrooms. Yeah, like I would assume that it would have, but they they take us on a tour of the house right now, pretty much, when he's looking around for where the noise is coming from, and we don't see another bedroom, so... They give give us a paranormal activity tour where they just show, like, the three rooms that they're going to actually film in and nothing else. And, like, maybe in theory, they're like, uh, we'd rather have, like, our guest room be closed off for, like, guests to have privacy. Because at this age, the kids, like, don't really need that much privacy. I don't know, but you wouldn't have the two girls together if you didn't have to, I would think. I don't know. Um, like, sometimes kids just really like their siblings, especially young girls. Like, my friend was saying, because she's having twins, um, and her friend or cousin, I forget who it is, has twins as well. And the girls are like, no, we want, we want to share a room. They move to a bigger house and they're like, you can have separate bedrooms now. And they're like, why? We don't want to. Well, twins makes a little bit more sense to me because they've been together literally forever. So I kind of get that one. Mm-hmm. But these two girls, I don't think they like each other. Katie's a jerk. <laughs> Katie is a bit of a jerk. Is I'm, I'm, I'm a staunch Katie's a jerk advocate this whole movie. I mean, she's a typical older sister. It, it gave me memories of growing up with my sister. <laughs> like, All right. And maybe that's the only child Jeff here is like, Katie's a jerk. 
No, she's she's a pretty typical kid. <laughs> Dennis. Dennis is uh, searching the children's room and he finds the Teddy Ruxpin toy that has fallen off of the dresser. And he's on for some reason, so he turns him off. And then the crawl space door opens on its own behind him. I notice that there's like weird like black fingerprints dragged on the side of the door. Yeah, I noticed that, but they never draw attention Yeah, to they it. never do. I thought he was going to like point that out, but he, no. And then as he's filming in there, Christy sneaks up on him and then, you know, there's like a tiny jump scare here. We then cut to Julie and Dennis smoking a joint uh, and they're being kind of cute and adorable. But again, with like the men in all of these movies always wanting to have a sex tape and this one goes the furthest out of all of them because she agrees. And it's like a new thing. This is the, the first time you can really do this kind of thing. So she's adventurous. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess it's the first time that like people could do this kind of thing. I feel like beforehand people were filming themselves having sex. Like it was a very... Or but, this, like, but this is like, the, you know, sure there were, but this, you know, it, was, it was never in the 80s before. It was, it was never in the 80s before. It was never all that bush, anyways. <laughs> exactly. So my note is, they aren't the only ones banging. No, no. <laughs> There's a bunch of banging noises, and then the photo oh. falls off the wall before an earthquake starts. They panic, and they run off to go check on the girls. As they run out of the room, there's dust that falls from the ceiling, and it like lands on like a figure that's invisible and stays there, like suspended on top of this figure for a moment, and then all falls all at once. Yeah, so somebody was watching them make the tape. Yep, Toby's a pervert. <laughs> yeah, not just us. No, somebody else. Is Toby. <laughs> we then cut to, I keep on wanting to call him Mika. Dennis. We then cut to Dennis showing Julie the footage from the tape. And Julie just starts fat shaming herself, which really annoyed me. I'm like, girl, you look amazing. <laughs> Stop it. Like, I'm a cow. It looks like I'm crushing you. No, no, it doesn't. Shut up. And the guy's like, the guy's like, no. He's like, no, but that's <laughs> not like, no, important, like, okay? I, w- I want to talk about ghosts. Like, you're hot. We get it. Like, let's talk about the ghost. Yeah, the ghost is here. Look, it's over here. She says that she doesn't see anything in the footage. Yeah, she is willfully blind to everything going on. Yeah, I'm like, how do you not see that? It's very clear. But nope, I don't see it. I don't she see it. She doesn't see it at all. And then we got our introduction to Randy, who's my favorite character in this film. Really? really? I really okay. like Randy. I think he's very sweet and he's funny and he gets out when it's time to get out. Yeah, the second he sees something, he goes, yeah, I'm not, I'm leaving, I'm quitting, I'm never coming back. And you should leave too. Yeah, <laughs> like, stop talking with this shit. Like, what is wrong with you? But yeah, so Randy's my fave. Why? Who's your favorite in this film? See, since uh, Christy, since no one likes Christy, <laughs> I'm going to be a Christy fan. Um, since no one loves her, her parents don't love her. Her grandma don't love her. I'm going to like Christy. She has that particular range of little kid voice that drives me nuts. There's a reason I choose to be childless. Like, <laughs> there's just like something about like her voice that sounds like nails on a chalkboard to me. And I'm like, please, please stop with the high pitched whiny voice. Yeah. I can't. All right, so can my favorite one then be like the babysitter then maybe? The babysitter that has the hots for Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one, yeah. And she also gets the hell out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's fair. But I, I like Randy more. He, he's funny. And like... No, Randy is funny. I'll give you that. Randy. He's cool. Um, I also have my own headcanon that he... Headcanon? Candon? What is a canton? <laughs> headcanon. That Randy was named after Randy from Scream. I highly doubt it, but we'll go with it. 
another character that I love. Anyways, uh, <laughs> you're like, you love Randy? What? <laughs> no, I'm with you on Randy. Okay, they, they, should have, they, they shouldn't have killed him when they, they killed him. So he deserved to make this. He deserved to make the third one. He did. So they had to like work him in there against their will or something. So, but anyway, yeah. He, Justice for Randy. I was watching yes. <laughs> the documentary, the last blockbuster that just came out on Netflix. I've been meaning to see it's it. Good, it's good. I like it. Very nostalgic. Just really made me miss blockbuster. But anyways, uh, they have Jamie Kennedy in it, and he's referring to being Randy and working at like a blockbuster as Randy and whatever. Anyways, um, what else happened in that film that I wanted to mention? I forgot. Maybe it'll come back to me. But it was good. Yeah. You should watch it. I want to watch it. Yeah. Back to this. Uh, so we get introduced to Randy, and he's super into the sex tape aspect of the videotape. Big shock. <laughs> Big shock there. And then Dennis is like, no, no, like, look at this. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, no, I actually see that. You should set up cameras. Dennis is like, yeah, yeah, I am going to set up cameras, including one in my stepdaughter's room. Which is all kinds of creepy. Yeah. And another one facing my bed. If she already agreed to one sex tape, you know, it only makes sense, but he would trust me. So I'm going <laughs> to... Very fair. Okay. We then cut to the footage of night one. It's September 10th, 1988, 1.42 a.m. The crawl space door opens in Chris and uh, the kid's room, and Christy gets up and she talks to someone who is off camera. She says... Yeah, yeah, probably. In their bedroom. Be quiet so we don't wake up Katie. It's okay. Why? Well, yeah, kind of. He's very sweet. And then she gets back into her bed. Then you see the pool vacuum <laughs> off screen down the stairs. They didn't have pool vacuums back then, okay? <laughs> so then we cut to Dennis the next day and he's asking Christy who she was talking to. And she says she was talking to Toby. He starts asking for details about Toby. And does he talk to you? Uh, is he old like your grandma or is he young like you? What does he look like? Chrissy says that he does talk to her. He's old like her grandma and he's tall. And don't call him fat. <laughs> she gets very offended by it. Don't do it. Don't fat shame Toby. Yeah. Chrissy is thoroughly anti-fat shaming and she should have a talk with her mom. <laughs> Chrissy then says if she tells one of Toby's secrets, she'll be in trouble. Dennis asks what that means, what she means by that. And she says, well, I won't be safe. She never gets into what not safe means, even though she does get pressed on Yeah, it. she gets pressed on it and she's just like, like super big trouble. I won't be safe. Like she just keeps repeating the same kind of terms. We then cut to Julie, and she's saying that uh, Dennis shouldn't buy into this whole Toby thing, that kids are really weird, they do weird things, and Toby is probably just a face. Which, which I would agree with at this point. We then cut to Dennis reviewing the footage, and he's telling Randy that he has two cameras. They run for six hours each, so he has 12 hours of footage to go through. And Randy's calling him out that there are only 24 hours in a day. Like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Which he's right. Yeah. Not for nothing. Exactly. Uh, Julie then pops into their little workshop, which is in the garage, and she asks if they found anything. And Randy tells her that they did. Her family sleeps all night long. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I love Randy. Okay. Then Randy and Dennis have a little bit of an argument about the title of Back to the Future, which I love. They're like, it should be called Back to the Past. And they're like, no, Back to the Present. <laughs> like, I loved it and I didn't at the same time. So I was like, man, he's in 1955. Of course, that's in the Back to the Future. This doctor says it from his point of view. <laughs> it's the future. Yes. But from Marty's point of view. Anyways. I appreciated it. Okay. I thought about that a little bit too much. What was happening? I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You're silly, Randy. It's not the way it's supposed to work. Hold on. I assume that Randy hadn't seen the film yet. <laughs> like, 
Well, funny thing, in 1988, it had only only the first one had come out. There you go. But anyway, they hear a strange noise coming from the master bedroom, and they go in and they find out that the noise is coming from the closet. Dennis opens the door, he moves aside some of the clothes, and then a figure jumps out at him. It's Julie in a mask playing prank on him. This was amazing. I loved it, it was. It was really cute. I really liked it. <laughs> And like he goes and like sits down on like the closed toilet, like to gather himself. And Randy's making a comment of like, yeah, I would sit on that toilet because I pretty much shit myself after that. That was I think this is I'm like, you should just over there because I think I already shit my pants or something. (laughs) I don't know what it was, but I was like, yes, Randy. We then see that the kids are outside playing in a tent. uh, And then we cut to night five, September 14th, 1988. It's 327 a.m. We can hear footsteps in the background um, and door noises. The lights then turn on and off in the hallway, and we hear more footsteps and thumping. Julie wakes up, and she sends Dennis to go check if the girls have come inside. While he's off looking, the hall light turns out by itself, and then there's tapping noises, and then a dripping noise that's coming from the bathroom. And then as Julie goes to check the bathroom, the door begins closing on its own, and then Dennis pops in like for a jump scare. They go to check on the girls because they didn't come in, and then they bring them inside. That's it. And the girls don't want to come inside. It's very like, I want to stay outside and, and camping in the backyard. I know we'll have fun inside. We're good. Yeah, exactly. But like, again, with the at least something's happening in these first ones, like the first night ever, Christy gets up and she talks to something, which like, even though it's not utterly creepy, like it's eerie. It's still something. Yeah. And then this is the next night that we get. And uh, there's noises, at least and lights flickering and that sort of thing. Something's happening. Very true. The whole way through, something's at least going mm-hmm. on. And that's all we were asking for before. I was like, listen, it has. It doesn't have to be something ridiculous, but at least something. You, know, you can't just have nothing happening. Exactly. The next day, Katie's swearing that like they didn't sneak in to Dennis, that like they weren't the ones making the noise. And then Julie's talking with her mom as they're cleaning up the girl's room. She explains that Dennis is out buying some more tapes and the grandma is saying, with your credit card. And then uh, the grandma's complaining that he doesn't have any money. Then she's also complaining that they should have more children so that she can have a son. Didn't you always want a son? You wanted a son, didn't you? She goes, nope, done. No more. But, but son, I like sons. You should you should have a son. And Julie's arguing with her mom, like trying to defend Dennis and how he's great with the kids. And he, you know, owns his own business, all this stuff. But the mom's like, mm, I'm not I'm not too fond. But he just does wedding videos and not for nothing. He does love the kids. He is good with mm-hmm. them. And so I was I stopped the movie at this point to Google how much blank tapes were at this time to be like, is it like an exorbitant amount? Because, oh, that was the fact that I had from the last blockbuster. They were talking about how like back in the day, buying a film on VHS was like 75 to $80 because you have to buy it from the studio. So then I'm like, were blank tapes that expensive? And I looked it up and it's like, no, it was $2.99, which is equivalent to $6.50 today. They weren't prohibitively expensive, but they weren't cheap, cheap. Mm -hmm. It's not like he's spending all her money. Well, he is. With the amount of tapes he would have to buy, he probably is spending all That's fair. I mean, he should really pull a Daniel and start taping over the tapes where nothing happens. (laughs) Come on. He never did did tape over the sex tape like she asked him to. (laughs) He wanted to keep that. He did. He He wanted to keep it for future reference or something. I mean, fair. He wanted the ghostly encounter. 
Oh, yes, there was that too. But anyways, we cut to Julie. She's teaching Katie how to roller skate in the driveway. Meanwhile, Randy's getting ready to work a wedding. And he's, for some reason, talking about Bloody Mary, the game, and explaining it to Dennis. But Katie picks up on this and she's like, I want to play. I want to play. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Bloody Mary sounds fun. And we'll not let it go. We'll let it go all movie. That will come back later. Twice. No reason. And I I feel like I know your answer based on your reaction to this, but have you ever played Bloody Mary? I was petrified (laughs) of that thing as a child. Petrified. But the way I I heard it when I was a child was it had to be done at midnight. Yes. Yep. It was at midnight in the dark. You have to say it three times. Actually, ours was that you had to have a candle lit and say it three times. No, I was always the instigator as a child. I was like, yeah, let's do all the things that are spooky. Bought a Ouija board, did all of it. See, that's why you don't think Katie's a jerk. Because I was the jerk. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I think Katie's a jerk. Uh, Later on, I guess they're reviewing more of the tapes. I didn't, I missed a note. So I think they're reviewing more of the tapes, Randy and Dennis. And Randy tells Dennis that he's missing tons of stuff by not having a camera on the main floor. And they discuss that the angle is too wide. Like they don't have a lens that could possibly cover the whole entire space. Yeah, they can't make lenses that big. They just don't make them. They probably do now. Man. Yeah. So then we have the creation of the fan camera, which I freaking love. <laughs> so they attach the camera to an oscillating fan so that it pans through from the front door to the back door of the kitchen and because like there's that time where like things cut out of frame it just adds tension and interest throughout the whole movie i really enjoy the fan cam the fan cam is good but i just couldn't let go of the thing like because i remember how heavy those things were if it would actually been able to hold well yeah so like they show him like struggling with it and like it starts like squeaking and like whatever. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have to like finesse this more. And then like we don't see it again because we only see the view from the camera after that. So yeah. I don't know how he reinforced it. But I think when he shows it to Julie, he's like, hey, she's like, you destroyed my camera, my fan. Goes, I could rebuild yeah. it probably maybe. <laughs> yeah. Just like the practical bomb. Like, really? Do you know how much a fan costs, Dennis? Well, come on. You're rich. You, you're, you're made of fans. <laughs> you're made of fans. <laughs> I'm just like picturing a woman made of like, but like not like electric fans, like old fashioned, like flip out fans. Like <laughs> Exactly. You're made of fans. You can do this. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> no worries here. Oh Lord. Okay. We then cut to night eight. It's September 17th, 1988 and it's 4.02 AM. There's some footsteps and then something runs past the master bedroom door. We then cut to downstairs and it's Christy. She climbs on top of the dining room table and she's giggling. The fan cuts over to the kitchen. When it cuts back, she's gone. And we then see her back peeking into the parents' room. And then we hear running footsteps while she's still in frame. And then she moves out of frame. And she goes further away from the door and then back into frame. And we see her talking to someone, but there's no one there. Toby. Toby. And then there's more running and she goes running after it to chase it. And then she goes back to her room. Katie asks her what she's doing and she says, nothing. Lies. Lies. Yep. We then cut to Christy painting by herself in her room. And Julie asks her if she still talks to Toby. And she says, yeah. Did he wake her up and make her go downstairs? She says, no. He told me not to talk about it. Why don't you just ask him yourself? He's standing right next to you. Dun, dun, dun. Julie kind of like looks around. She's like, I don't see him. 
And she's like, he's there. We then cut to Dennis and Randy. Randy stole some demon books from the library. I love this. Where he's like, why would I get a library card, Dennis? No, I just, I took them. That's the point of libraries, right? <laughs> like The thing is, he's not right, but he's not wrong. He's not so wrong either. <laughs> oh, man. And then um, I wrote, it's Mika's picture book, Research Time, starring Dennis. <laughs> Way better picture book. Yeah, we don't actually see what's in the books. But they look like actual books. They don't look like... Yeah, it doesn't look like a coloring book this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looks like an actual book book. You know, like a big boy book. <laughs> so Dennis is flipping through it and he says, it says kids are susceptible to spiritual contact. And figures out like that things started to happen when Christy's imaginary friend came into the picture. So maybe it has something to do with Christy and her imaginary friend. Randy says the book says it feeds off of your fear. We then cut to night 10. September 19th, 1988, and it's 12.58 a.m. Julie's unable to sleep. She goes down to the kitchen to get a snack. There's a hanging light in the hallway by the stairs, and it's swaying. She's using the garbage disposal disposal, and something's stuck in it, so she reaches her hand in it, and this is such a trigger for me. <laughs> Which is very much a mistake, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, like the disposal's off when she reaches into it, obviously. But like, but still, I I cannot handle when people put their hands in garbage disposals or I don't know any of that sort of horror. Like it terrifies me every single time, even if I know that it's not going to like the person doesn't get injured. If I've seen the thing before and I know that they won't be injured, it still just freaks me out so much. I'm like, no, why would you do that? I don't understand. Ah. <laughs> Why would you think this is a good idea to put your hand in there, no matter what? Yeah, just don't do that. The light explodes, and she goes back into the hallway, and Dennis comes down, too, uh, to check it out. But then she sees that it just fell. It, It didn't even break. It was just, like, the light bulb in it, and it fell. I don't know. We then cut to Christy having a tea party the next day. Well, I assume it's the next day. And uh, Dennis, yeah, Dennis asks to join. He puts down the camera and angles it so they are in frame. And Christy asks the question that all of us are asking. Wait, why are you filming this? He says that he's just testing out his new camera. Lies. All lies. Yeah. Christy then tells Dennis that, Dennis that he can't sit beside her because Toby's sitting there. Dennis asks what the last thing Toby told Christy was, and she says it's a secret. And then she says sorry to Toby, and she explains that she put her hand on him, and he doesn't like that. We cut to Dennis being gone, is my note. He's no longer there, but the camera is still set up watching Christy and her tea party. Katie picks up the camera, and she starts taunting Christy for being a baby who has an imaginary friend. Christy's insisting that he's real. And that he's in the crawl space. Katie continues to taunt and she tells Toby to come out. Then she says that she's going in when he doesn't come out. And Chris is like, don't go into the crawl space. Don't go in there. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to go in there. Yep, exactly. So Katie goes in and... She gets locked in. She gets closed in and starts yelling and screaming because Katie's a jerk. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the door slams on its own and Christy's just saying, it's not me. I told you you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, Katie's screaming, whatever, and then the door opens again on its own, and Katie's pissed. Julie tells them to stop fighting right now, and she doesn't even want to hear about it. Why were they playing with Dennis's camera? Not okay. We then cut to the babysitter, Lisa, who we know from several other things. We might be seeing her again in, in this in, on this very podcast. Yes, we might be seeing her again. Katie is super excited to show her her new beads, as we mentioned, that she got for her birthday because Katie has one, no, I guess two characteristics. She is 
she's really annoying and p- pisses off easily, and <laughs> she likes beads. And she's a jerk as a child. She's a jerk. <laughs> she's a jerk. Julie tells Lisa to ignore all the cameras that Dennis has set up. And then Julie, Julie and Dennis head out and they tell Lisa that 9 p.m. is the girls' bedtime. So Lisa's putting the girls to bed at 9 o'clock and they ask for a ghost story. So Lisa puts a white sheet over her body and she pretends to be a ghost and she's like making fun of Dennis on the tape. Like, hi, Dennis. We then cut to Lisa at 10 and 11 p.m. She's in the kitchen. She's having a drink and she's eyeing the camera and the camera pans back over to the hallway. When it pans back into the kitchen, there's no Lisa. And then she pops out and she says, boo, hi, Dennis. All like flirty like. Because she knows he's going to be watching. So it's, you know, he's just shooting her shot. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just like really weird that she like, it's clear that she has this crush on Dennis, like from her acting. I don't know if that was like directed to her. She was just like, no, this is what I'm going to (laughs) do. She made a choice. And then she sits down at the kitchen table to do her homework. We pan to the hallway and there's a childlike figure standing in the hallway with a sheet over it. It's all the way by the front door. Lisa hears something and she turns to look over her shoulder, but she doesn't move from the table. We pan back to the hall and the figure's gone. We pan back to the kitchen and the figure is standing right behind Lisa. Then the sheet just like collapses on itself to reveal that there was no one underneath the sheet. It was a cool effect. It was a cool effect. Fun fact, the person underneath the sheet was director Ari Shulman. (laughs) Is that short? He was on his knees. Oh, they have children on set. They could have used one of the kids, right? Yeah, but like, I mean, there's like working hours for children, like whatever, right? It's very limited. So I guess whenever you don't need to bring a child in for a scene, you're like, okay, we can do this somehow else. Lisa hears like the sound of the sheep collapsing and then she hears footsteps. She gets up and she gathers up the sheep and then she goes to check on the girls. Both of them are asleep. She hears a creaking and a scraping coming from the crawl space. She moves towards the camera, it slashed the crawl space, and then there's this loud noise and she is hit with a blast of air that visibly moves her hair and her clothing. I think at this point she's not having it anymore. Yeah, she's absolutely terrified. She heads back downstairs and she waits by the door and tells them, like, when Julie and Dennis come back, she's like, yeah, my mom's waiting for me. I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> Gotta go. Right now. And they're like, that was weird. Hmm. Strange. Anyway. Yeah. Julie goes to check on the girls. They're fine. We then cut to Randy reviewing the footage of Lisa asking why he hasn't met her yet. And honestly, I ship this couple. I wish that they would get together. No one's ever going to see Lisa again. She's never coming back back to that house. No, she'll move on to the grudge house instead. Yes, exactly. She's going to go to the grudge house. See where that goes. And Randy knows too much to mess with that shit. So he's like, I'm sorry. Bye, Lisa. Not going to work for us. <laughs> See, you're going to ship them, but it's not, you know, they're just not meant to be together. Starcrest lovers. Dennis points out the sheet thing and the wind blast in the kid's room. And Randy's like freaking out. He's like, what the fuck is that? Dennis says that he hasn't and he won't be showing Julie the footage. Which he should, but whatever. Yeah, he really should. We cut to night 13. It's September 22nd, 1988, 2.17 a.m. There's a squeaking noise in the girl's room and it wakes Christy up, who gets out of her bed and goes to stand in her parents' doorway from 2.22 a.m. till 3.32 a.m. Then she sneaks back up to her bedroom. She talks to Toby off camera. He's by the crawl space. And she says, no, no, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm going to bed. She goes to bed. We cut to the daytime and Dennis goes to inspect the crawl space. 
and there's the Deathly Hallows symbol, as Jeff likes to call it, on the wall, like scribbled on the wall with crown. Not creepy at all, by the way. (laughs) We then cut to Christy, and she's really sick. She needs to go to the hospital. Uh, They call in Randy to watch Katie. As soon as they're alone, Katie asks Randy to play Bloody Mary with her and bring the camera. And by the way, we didn't mention it, but Katie had tried to Bloody Mary with Christy earlier. Really? When did they do that? In the the same thing in the bathroom. Like right after she learns it, I think they go into the bathroom. Same thing. It's like the same thing. The only difference is that uh, Katie picks up the camera from their room, quote unquote room. And brings it into the bathroom. With I think nice you saw out. a different cut than me. I watched it on Netflix and I did not see that. No? Okay. Huh. All right. It was on the cut I saw. <laughs> okay. It was the second Bloody Mary thing. No. Did, did anything happen in that one? Um, if I remember right, um, nothing happens. And like they leave and I, I think a door like moves. So nothing major happens. Like they don't see anything happen. Because mm-hmm. you know like, when, they're, when they were standing in the bathroom, there's like a door behind them. I think mm-hmm. it's to like either another bedroom or like a closet or something. Mm-hmm. That door like opens up after they leave the, the room, if I remember right. Interesting. Okay. We should have paid closer attention. But yeah. So this is, yeah, she does the Bloody Mary thing twice. Interesting. Okay. Well, she convinces Randy that they should play Bloody Mary and to bring his camera. And and that makes sense for another reason, because when they first time they go into the bathroom, like they say, we have to say it like a hundred times. They, she says a big number of times they have to say Bloody Mary. And then when they go back, when he, she goes back with um Randy, like she says three times or whatever it is. Interesting. Yeah, they probably cut it for time if nothing really happens there. Okay, but Katie explains that they turn out the light, they say Bloody Mary three times, then you see her and she tries to kill you. And Randy's like, tries to kill you? Great game. And he tries to get out of it every way he can, but she is not having it. She wants to do this. Hell, hell come hell or high water, I'm going to do Bloody Mary with you, right? Yep. Because I need to do this <laughs> right here, right now, no matter what. <laughs> So they try their first attempt and then Randy turns on the lights like after like a second and Katie's like, no, you turned on the light too soon. What's wrong with you? We we, we didn't even see anything yet. No one even tried to kill us. Uh, what's wrong with I you, I want to be murdered. Do you understand? <laughs> it's like, All right, this is something's wrong with this little girl, but OK, she's a jerk. So they try again, and then they start to hear a faint scraping noise. Suddenly, it's very loud, and Randy cries out in pain. Katie turns on the light, and Randy lifts his shirt to reveal this, like, very large scrape down his sternum. Yeah, nice little scratch. Yeah, he is visibly visibly shaken, but trying to keep his cool for Katie's sake. Then a shadowy figure flies past the open door, and they agree that they both saw it. It passes again, but even closer to the door. This time, Katie closes Mm -hmm. the door, and she braces herself against it as it begins to violently shake and rattle. She's losing her natural mind. I'm scared. I I don't want this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you did this to yourself, Katie. I can't can't feel bad for you. Yeah, but my note in the scene is that the girl playing Katie is doing a really good job of being, like, a realistically scared child. Like... Oh no, she's just doing amazing. To make me dislike this this little girl, she's doing a great job. I'm like, Katie's a jerk because this girl does a good job. Yeah, (laughs) she's great. Uh, Randy goes to check out the room. And as he's panning the camera around the room, the tea table set flips over by an unseen force. He closes the door and tells Katie that nothing happened. And she's crying that she wants to get out of there. Randy psychs himself up and he's like, come on, Randy. Let's go. I loved it. I love the psyching himself up. Anyways, he exits the bathroom. He calms Katie down saying everything is okay. It was just an earthquake. He ushers her downstairs and then he tidies up the turned over playset. And like, he's just so sweet. <laughs> I love 
how sweet he is to her, like trying to convince her that nothing happened. Like he's just like, yeah, it was just an earthquake. There's no reason to be scared. It's fine. Nothing's going on at all. You will be fine. It's all okay. You're never going to ever see me again. Yeah. But, but nothing happened. Exactly. We cut to Dennis trying to unsuccessfully calm Randy down, who's collecting all of his things. And he's like, I'm leaving for fucking good, man. He's like, you're quitting? Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Randy is explaining that he felt something in the room with them. And then a claw dug into his side. Randy tells him to read the books. This thing isn't Casper the fucking ghost. It's dangerous. He tells him that Dennis should tell Julie and get her to watch the tape. And then he's like, peace. Yep, I'm gone. Never never be seen or heard from ever again. But he survived. Yes. Love you, Randy. <laughs> Maybe he went out to meet Lisa. We, <laughs> we can only hope. And then they can talk Maybe. about their ghostly encounters together and get married. Uh, we cut to Dennis reviewing the tape of uh, the Bloody Mary situation. He then starts reading his demon books. He brings Julie in. And I hate the way he starts this because I would have started with the video footage and been like, hey, look at this shit that's actually really happening. Now I did some research. Here's the research. I was with you 100%. You beat me to it. Because I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, what are you doing? She's already kind of against this. You have to, like, prove it to her because she's not going to want to listen after it. And that's exactly what happens. So listen, look at this weird picture from, like, 100 years ago about this coven that gave their children to this demon. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, look, the women are wearing the necklaces with the same symbol that's in the crawl space. Um, And Julie's like, this is fucking BS. And meanwhile, we're cutting in between this conversation and Katie, who's chasing Christy up the stairs and into their room. Uh, As she's running, she like runs right into an invisible force that knocks her back. She looks up at it, like visibly scared. Julia is then yelling at Dennis about how crazy he sounds. Dennis is saying that the the coven would hold these ceremonies and wait till the girls were old enough to get pregnant and then take their sons and then they would brainwash the girls so they wouldn't remember a thing. And then wonders why she's not trying to hear anything he has to say. Yeah. Meanwhile, Katie's staring up at whatever stopped her and she's calling for her mom. The floor creaks and we watch Katie like and her eyes follow this invisible figure as it comes closer to her. It then picks her up by her hair and she's crying out in pain. Julie is complaining that Dennis is obsessed and doesn't even spend time with them anymore. Dennis says that just wait a second and watch this. She says she can't wait because Chrissy's upset all the time and she's not. And then she gets cut off because Katie bursts into the room crying that Toby pulled her hair. Julie blames Dennis and says no more cameras, no more ghosts. This ends tomorrow. Not today. Not right now. Tomorrow. So we get one more night. I'm not going to allow this to happen before you have to get rid of anything. So it's night 14, September 23rd, 1988, and it's 1.38 a.m. Julie is sleeping alone. Dennis is working on a wedding video in the garage. For once in his life, he's working on something other than ghost videos. <laughs> it took him a while. I'm sure his job was just backing up. And like, Listen, um, his weddings, they don't film themselves. <laughs> and now I don't have Randy to do my work for me. So now I actually have to do this. This is ridiculous. The TV turns on by itself in Julie's room. And I'm just like, hello, Samara? Samara? Hello? <laughs> You're static. Yeah, it is it must, static. It must be very loud static. And the volume slowly increases on the static. We then cut to the girl's room and the crawl space door opens. Something is slowly creeping up underneath Katie's covers. And then it falls flat as she wakes up. The pictures at the foot of her bed start moving and the teddy ruxpin falls off of the dresser by Christie's bed. 
Katie wakes Christy up as a light bright turns on and there's the symbol on the light bright. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. They hear tapping and more things start swaying around their room. Like they have these like Chinese lantern kind of lights over their bed and they're swaying and everything's swaying. As if there's like a breeze coming through the room. Christy says Toby is there and then we hear a soft growling. Katie says she's scared and starts screaming for her mom and Christy tells her to stop and just ignore it. Katie's blankets are ripped off of the bed and they fly off and hit the camera. She gets up and runs for the stairs, but is knocked over before she can reach them. Katie begs Christy to help her, and she crawls back in between their beds. Several objects fly off towards the crawl space, and Katie's bed is even thrown sideways before she is pulled back towards the crawl space. Christy screams for Toby to let her go. She says that she, Christy, will do it. Just let her go. Katie is let go and they comfort each other in Christie's bed. The TV static turns off in Julie's room and Dennis continues his work oblivious. Yeah, so the static must be very loud and those head, those big headphones must be very good. These girls are screaming bloody murder and no one heard yep. them. Or they live in a mansion and it's just huge. I mean, like there's a level and a door between Dennis and the girls and he has headphones on. Fine. The static, I feel like you would hear some, like either the static would wake me up if like suddenly there's static in my room when it was quiet before. Or like you would hear something. I don't know. Yeah, the mom should have heard something because she's not that far away. Mm-hmm. I don't think. You know, I don't, I'm not really sure on the layout of the house, so maybe maybe she is. Yeah, I have no idea. But with that, friends, we retire the first notebook. <laughs> it's a sad day. We are on to notebook number two, finally. I have taken many notes in my first notebook. It served us well. It brought us all the way through the Saw franchise into the truth seekers and halfway through the third movie of paranormal activity let's let's give a hand for the notebook yes yes we will you will be missed you you did good did good for us now you shall go onto a shelf and never be read again (laughs) (laughs) never be seen her you're gonna go with randy wherever randy went is where you're gonna go all right so We then cut to Julie arguing with Christy about going to grandma's, saying that they aren't going because there's no Toby, there's no ghosts, and no more of this talk. Katie is curled up in her bed, and she's looking quite honestly traumatized. And she asks Christy what mom said, and Christy tells her that mom said no. We cut to Julie on the phone with her mother, and she's saying they aren't coming over because she needs to get things back to normal. And I'm just like, did the kids call the grandma and ask to come over? Like, why does why is the grandma aware that they aren't coming over? I'm guessing the kids might have called because Toby wants them to go there. So, yeah, they're trying to work it however they can, is my guess. Mm-hmm. She then says that she has to get off the phone because there's a knock at the front door. She, as <laughs> Jeff says, incorrectly hangs up the phone yes i don't think she hit the off button but whatever i'm a, I'm, a, I'm gonna forgive you <laughs> uh and then she heads over to the door there's no one at the door she returns to the kitchen and everything is gone there's no table there's no like all the stuff that's on the counters is gone and then suddenly it comes crashing down from the ceiling all at once so i'm guessing it was all up on the ceiling yeah. it's gonna be my guess but it's out of frame for us and like she didn't look up at the ceiling before it crashed so to her, it was just like, where did everything go? And then it crashes down. 
And then she loses her natural mind and it's time. to. Yeah, she screams for Dennis to get the girls. We're going we're getting out of here. We then cut to Julie pulling up to her mom's house. We get a Chiron that says Moore Park, California, September 1988. And I'm like, why is there not an actual day this time? It's just September 1998, 1988. Maybe they're not sure what the date was. I don't know. Interesting. But anyways, Julie's just telling her mom that she doesn't want to talk about this right now. Drop it. We'll talk about it later. And Dennis finds Christy transfixed by a painting of a unicorn in the dining room. He asks if she likes the painting, but she doesn't answer. And then she runs away as soon as her grandma calls her. Yeah, they're, eat, they're eating they pie. They are eating pie. Oh, come on. Eat but, it's, but it's apple pie, so you wouldn't want it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I wouldn't <laughs> want it. But, you know, Christy's not me. I'm sure she likes it. <laughs> Apple pie. I love apple pie. We cut to the scene of Dennis filming Julie explaining all the events to her mother. And it's like through a glass door. So we can't hear her actually explaining it all. But like we can tell based on facial expressions and hand motions what she's saying. Then we have the grandma playing dress up with the girls. And she says to Julie, doesn't Christy make a beautiful bride? Julie asks, who's the lucky guy? And Christy says, Toby. Dennis is like, what did she say? <laughs> and then Julie's like, nope, we're not talking about this thing anymore. Nope. I never want to hear that name again. Nuh-uh. They then tuck the girls into a queen-size bed together, and then they themselves get set up in two singles. <laughs> I thought that was weird, but okay. He li- there's a throwaway line where he's like, when is your mom going to let us sleep in the same bed? <laughs> I, th- I think that's the only reason it exists. To stop people from, like me from saying like, hey, well, hold on. Why did the two girls get the big bed? And the couple, like the two mini beds. Yeah. <laughs> They try to get to sleep and they sleep for a couple hours, but then a car engine and doors wakes up Dennis. He hears thumping and footsteps outside. He wakes up Julie and Julie claims that it's her mom. She doesn't sleep at night, but then she's the noises are getting louder and she's like, oh, she's being so loud. She's going to wake up the girls. So she goes to check on her. Then nearly 10 minutes later, Dennis is like, Julie, where where are you? And he like calls out for her. And then he goes to look out their bedroom window. And as he crosses back from the bedroom window, suddenly we see the silhouette of the grandma standing in the doorway behind him. When he crosses again, she's gone. Dennis picks up the camera and then he goes to check on the girls. They aren't in their bed. He heads downstairs to look for them. He's searching the living room and he hears a rattling noise from the birdcage, but it's empty. And then he hears a faint squeaking. He sees the silhouette of a woman in the window connecting the living room to the dining room. Again, he calls out for Julie. Then he calls out for Lois, but no one answers. When he rounds the corner to go inside the dining room, it's empty. But this is where we see that several of the paintings have been taken down, revealing that there are symbols drawn on the walls, the same symbol that was drawn in the girl's room and another one. Yeah, so, you know, everybody's a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, everybody wants to get the Deathly Hallows. Here's a door open. And then he goes and he finds the back door is open. He heads out and to go check the garage and he turns on the light and there's just like this group of women dressed in black and they like turn to him without emotion and start walking to him. And he's like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> he nopes out of there really quick. Just runs. He runs back to the house. He locks all the doors as he continues to call for Julie. He turns to see Julia at the top of the stairs and her neck's at an odd angle. Yeah, very hereditary like. She's like kind of floating. Yeah, he climbs the stairs and that's when he sees that her feet aren't touching the ground and then her body swings forward knocking him over and down the stairs as he's knocked to the ground christy pokes her head out of a room calling for her mom and dennis goes to grab her they hide in a closet and he puts his hand over her mouth telling her to be quiet as footsteps approach the door and the door begins to rattle there's a bang on the door and there's growling noises dennis opens the closet door to check 
and a shadowy figure flies past the door. Then they decide immediately to leave the closet, which I'm like, why? Well, they couldn't stay there forever. I guess, but like, the shadowy figure just crossed the door and like you just heard growling noises at the door. You're like, immediate thought, get out of the closet. Maybe that wasn't the exact time to leave the closet, but you know. <laughs> uh, but anyways, no one should ever be trapped in the closet. <laughs> no, ask R. Kelly about that one. Have you ever seen the full rap opera? <laughs> I've seen the five. But when I heard it was like 12 or 15, I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I think I'm, I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah, same. But anyways, <laughs> they leave the closet and Dennis sees the coven have started a bonfire in the yard. He then sees Katie sitting at the bottom of the stairs near her mother's body. And Dennis calls out to her to get away from there. He puts down Christy in the living room and he tells her to stay. Then he approaches Katie. We hear sobbing from Katie and then a giggle. She suddenly turns before Dennis can touch her and she like sneers and she has demon face. At, at demon face time, it's time to go. <laughs> Dennis is thrown backwards into the living room, dropping the camera. We see him begin to crawl across the living room floor. He's clearly injured and the grandma walks into frame, staring down at him coldly. We hear a demon growl and Dennis, who is trying to get up, is knocked back down. <laughs> Chumbawamba stuck and got stuck in my head as I wrote that note. <laughs> um, he whimpers and Christie's feet cross past the camera. With a crack, Dennis's torso is bent backwards towards his legs and he dies. It was really creepy. I was like, is this actor like a contortionist? Like, how, how did this happen? Yeah, it looks really good. Well, or bad, I guess. Um, <laughs> did not him? look good in the way of his spine, but looked good as a visual effect. <laughs> exactly. The grandma's just watching. Christy's feet cross the camera again, and the grandma holds out her hand as Katie joins her. They start up the stairs and then pause for Christy to join them. Christy says, come on, Toby. And the grandma says, let's get ready. And then they continue up the stairs. We hear a low growl, and then the film turns to static. Now, I couldn't see this, but apparently cut into that static, there is one frame of Julie and Dennis's bed set on fire. So I'm guessing that's when the house burned down. Yeah, that that's what it's alluding to. And that's the end of the movie. Uh, like I said earlier, I think I said it earlier, um, I did enjoy this movie. Better than the first two. Mm -hmm. so, so, so right now, this is the best one out of the three. I, I agree. I, I really like this one, which made me want to do this series thinking that, oh, yeah, I think the first one was good, too. And then I rewatched it and was like, hmm. <laughs> Maybe not so much. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyways same, yeah same thing had me and so i'm like i remember them being different than this but then watching them all together I'm like wait hold on this is <laughs> don't remember some of these things don't remember some of these little details i just remember the big arching storylines what did you like about this movie what would you change about this movie let's see what did i like i like i liked christy because no one else does. <laughs> katie's still a jerk i like that the same thing they got right in the second one they got right in this one which is about the um the couple the couple seemed like a good couple you know they seemed like they actually cared about each mm -hmm. other and everything so that was a good thing um i also enjoyed that stuff just happened in this movie you know it just went um it just you know little creepy things it, and it escalated throughout the movie right night one is just like some lights flickering or whatever night two um the pool vacuum night three <laughs> the door opens you know it's like little little things are going down the whole way through but you know things that could be written off but still things are happening so that, mm -hmm. 
kind of worked. I didn't ask too often about why you're still recording this, even though I kind of was near the end when they were especially in grandma's house. I'm like, my man, why are you recording this stuff? Yeah. It's time for you to go. Like your wife is missing or your girlfriend, whatever she is, she's, she's gone and not coming back. These girls are missing. You're you're in the middle of a cult ritual. Yeah. You need to figure this out. This needs to it's time for you to throw this camera down. And I know those things are. Heavy. Yeah, I was going to say. Furthermore, because of how heavy those cameras are, why are you bringing this everywhere? You need to stop this. But um, you, of course, you have to do it in order for there to be a movie. So <laughs> whatever, you have to kind of let that one go. But changing, I wouldn't really change much. I would. The thing is, this movie it sets up good things, but it falls apart. The only thing that makes it fall apart it makes the other movie seem worse. Mm. Just because, um, of course, when they filmed the first one, they had no plans of making this one. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably never thought they'd make anything but the first one at that point. So it's like, these, uh, so Christy and Katie won't remember the night their stepdad died or whatever he was. Mm-hmm. Um, is the mom fine? Like, this is like question. Yeah. Like, you see the mom, she's like, because in the first movie, remember, I told you, like, they say, oh, your mom can't come over anymore. And I'm like, who do you mean? <laughs> yeah. No, and now that I met the mom, the mom seems nice, like a nice lady. You know, it's stupid mother-in-law joke in the first one. But now it's like, now that I know her, is she even alive? Is the, the lady they think is her mom not her mom? Maybe it's one of these cult ladies that raised her after the mom got possessed. Was she possessed after this? Things happen here that I guess they would remember. Maybe they won't remember the details maybe they were told um dennis ran ran off with with lisa there is that throwaway line about the coven brainwashing the girls so that they don't remember anything and in part two christy whenever they press her on her child she's like i don't remember anything so it could be that maybe if you go down that logic is she would have already given birth to quote unquote to a son and the demon would have taken it and not need to come for hunter in the future yeah that that's my main question is like did they make them have children when they were like children themselves and then brainwash them or did they just brainwash them to forget all of this and they were like they'll have children when they have children and this is this is a sloppy cult like you're from a cult i guess and you have to give up children to a demon you're not going to leave so much up there to chance that all these generations pass and then when the one of them does have a little do- a boy it's with some dude after they like it would have done more setup. And if the grandma's in the cult, why does the mom apparently not know anything about this? Yeah. And the grandma's all about it. Like I'm all it's all like there's questions. Like it's a better movie, but the when you start to think about it and try to get the details of it, it starts to it starts to fall apart at the, at the end. Yeah, the whole coven cult whatever storyline like that was introduced in the last movie and that continues into this one, I feel is the weakest point. Like we don't need that. Think of the exorcist or whatever. Yeah, she gets the demon from playing a Ouija board. Like they could have gotten the demon from playing Bloody Mary. I don't know. Like you know what I mean? Like it, there could have been another way of the demon being introduced without having to have it be witchcraft and it's feeling like I don't know. Because here it sounds like they made a deal with the devil, um, with the demon. And that's the reason this is all happening. And he's basically just, I'm coming to get what's Mm -hmm. going which is fine if that's the story you want to tell. But they haven't told that story. They sprung it out on us, kind of. Yeah, this is the second time that it sprung on us because, like, it was almost a throwaway scene in the last movie where the daughter does her research and finds this out or whatever. And then in this, it's, I don't know, like, it's just this last sequence of scenes with the coven and whatever, but that's not explained at all. We just see that it's there and we understand it based on the information we got from the last movie or like just the fact that they're all dressed in black and there's symbols. <laughs> like 
Yeah. Oh, the symbol that was in the Deathly Hallows that was in their house is now in this house. And then there was a, another crazy star symbol in that room. And you're like, okay, so this must be something. She's acting all creepy. You kind of have to put together the sun thing from earlier. And you're only thinking that because you saw the second one kind of, it's very loose. It's loosely, it's loosely strung together. And it's maybe it's working against it that we watched seven Saw movies before this where they intricately plot things out and meticulously put this here to have this be referenced three movies later. This person is going to say this for this to happen. I'm going to I'm going to say phrases that mean seven different things and any of these things can happen and three of them will. It's just it's like maybe us watching those already is, are kind of throwing us off now when we're trying to analyze this movie. We're like, all right, there's a cult. They need this. They need that. But why are things falling apart when you really start to analyze it? You know, so, all right. Um, but overall, the movie on its own, <laughs> I enjoyed this movie. You had the creepy kid thing. Had the enough scares, even like the BS jump scares of like uh, Julie jumping out the closet. Yeah, that was fun versus the spider or the shit in a toilet. Like this was a fun fake scare. And also the one thing, like not the one thing, one of the things that, oh, you're looking at these tapes all the time. You're never spending any time with us. There's no proof of this. Throughout the movie, you see him spending time with Christy, spending time with Katie, doing this, doing that. With the, like, you don't see him ever like the girls saying to each other, "Man, we never talk to Dave anymore," or whatever. <laughs> his name's Dave now. They just forgot their name, his name, because he's never around. <laughs> he's never around anymore. So you know, I'm not good with names. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, we do see him still with them, but it's alluded to by Randy that if he's watching 12 hours of videotape every day, how much time does he really have for anything else? You're really going to watch 12 hours of tape every day, no matter how obsessed you are with these things. And, and in most of the tapes, nothing is happening. Yeah, I don't know. But I do like how in this movie, they do check the tapes. Yes. Well, they did in the first movie, too. It was just the security cameras that they weren't checking, and it was because the dad didn't believe in any of it. I don't know why Christy didn't insist on checking the tapes sooner, but, you know, whatever. And some of the stuff Christy would have had to remember, like, she would have had to remember there was a dude there, then he wasn't there anymore. Like, uh, there was a guy who lived with mom for a couple months, and then whatever yeah. like i don't know exactly and they're okay so they remember that their house burnt down which is the house that they lived in with the mom and dennis mm-hmm. but they don't remember that like from that point on dennis was dead and mom was possibly dead too. like it looked like the mom died to me that's what it looked like to me too but there's they don't go with it one way or yeah. the other but I, I would think she died it looked like it she was possessed and th- used as a weapon against mm-hmm. dennis dave dennis jimmy <laughs> Derek, I just keep up. <laughs> well, he did little Dicky, you know, just something. Just uh, all right. And then in the first one, they're saying how they would just remember how the demon was standing in front of Katie's bed all the time, mm-hmm. and it was always freaking Katie out. But apparently, no, it was Christy was the bride the whole time. Yeah, according to this prequel. Mm-hmm. I mean, we yeah, Katie doesn't see to- Toby. No, not until she gets beat up yeah. by him later. It, the, it's all about Christy. And from what, if anything, two and three, it teach me Christy's the, the actual person the demon want, wanted the whole time. Yeah, that doesn't make sense either. It's, it's a weak foundation <laughs> on this good movie. It's still good, but the foundation's kind of wobbly. I agree. But I, the scares were better in this one. The plot was better. No. Yeah, everything, yeah, everything was better. Maybe it's good for them to, like, you know what, let's wipe it clean. Let's wipe it clean and start from maybe from here on out. It's this. Yeah, I think the next one, is, it doesn't have any to do with 
this family anymore. I might be wrong, but I haven't I haven't seen it. So we shall see. And I was looking at Cassilis <laughs> and I think Christy no, I think Katie. grown Katie, I think like it is in all of them. Or in most I of think them. Katie um, comes back in the one after the next one. I don't think that she's in okay. this upcoming one, if I remember correctly from her IMDB, but I might be wrong. But what would you rate this film? Oh, I gotta rate this one higher, don't I? Well, I don't have to. I could rate it lower. <laughs> lower than <one>. two? <laughs> I, I could. It wouldn't be honest, but I could. It's gonna actually go up quite a bit. I think I might go six on this one. It's actually, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I would rate this one a seven point five. It's not quite Saw one level for me, but there's a lot that I really enjoy about this film. I re- I remember I ended up adding the point five for something in particular when I wrote this down yesterday, but I can't remember what my point five was. I th- it might have been because I love the layout of the house. <laughs> Maybe that was it. I just don't know what the layout of the house is, but yes, it could be. <laughs> it was a really cool. Oh no, I, the. Point five was for the fan. <laughs> oh, the fan, the fan, the fan cam. An extra point. Yes, I did really enjoy the fan cam. It was creative. I'll give the fan cam credit. It was very creative. So these new ratings that we have added in have bumped us from a thirty-one percent to forty-three <laughs> percent. Wow! Look what a one good movie will do to you. We can only hope that the next ones are going to be good and we continue to rise. But who will know? <laughs> next week on a series of horrors. Where we watch franchises of horror movies. Paranormal Activity, number four, next week. Yeah, and it will be the first time for both of us. We'll let you know what we think. Yes, we will. In the meantime, we hope that you reach out to us. We hope that you hang out with us in the Facebook group, Series of Horrors Podcast. Or join us on Instagram under the same handle. Yes, and if you want to send us love notes and letters, or just want to tell us how great or how bad we're doing, um, or just send us movie suggestions. You can always send it through Facebook. Or if you want something more private, you can always send us an email, seriesofhorrors at gmail.com. We'll be host more than happy to hear from you guys. Also, please do not forget to please rate, review the whole bit, five star it up on anything you watch us on or listen to us on. Also, please, if you like what we're doing, please don't be afraid to share. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Not just in Canada, but somewhere else would be nice too. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we would love to go uh, viral in Sri Lanka, I think we discussed. <laughs> yeah, Sri Lanka would be a great place for us to shoot up the charts. Yeah. I think we could attack the Sri Lankan um, podcast charts. I think we could do it. I think so. <laughs> but anyways, friends, we're happy you joined us and we will hopefully see you next week. Right, bye, guys. Bye.